Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for the privilege to come into your presence again this morning. Thank you for the grace that brings me into your presence. Thank you for the gift of life this morning. Thank you for the, for the grace in the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you all the praise. We magnify you as the King of Kings. We magnify you as the Lord of Lords. We magnify you as the hope of the whole world, the hope of the nations, O oh God. We magnify you as the one who is faithful, who keeps his word. Scripture says that you watch over your word to perform and bring them to pass. Jesus says that not what a single one of your word will fail until every single one of them is fulfilled. Father, we give you all the praise. You are faithful. You are righteous. You are good, O oh God. Your mercy, scripture says, endures forever. Be magnified, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time again in your presence, reading your word this morning, we ask, Lord, that you will speak to us once again. Help us learn and assimilate the word as we read it. Grant us wisdom and understanding and cause your name to be glorified again in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our reading of the book of Mark. We took Mark chapter 1 and 2 yesterday. Today, we will be reading Mark chapter 3. Um, one big question, quick question I wanted to ask. We just finished reading through the book of Matthew. How many Simons did you notice in the book of Matthew? Aha, okay. I hope you were paying attention. Okay, so go back and check. How, how, how many Simons do you notice in the book of Matthew? There was Simon Peter, there was Simon the Zealot, there was Simon the Tanner. There was Simon the lame. No, let me not give you the expo. Okay, so find out how many Simons you have in the book of Matthew. I want to say a big thank you to everyone, everyone who pay attention every every morning. You are here to listen to the word of God. Or it's in the afternoon or night, whatever time you get yours. Uh, I pray that God will continue to bless your test, your test for the word of God, and that you will continue to grow in Jesus' name. Alright, let's read Mark chapter 3 and 4 today. As promised, we should be true, true in the next eight days. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies washed him closely. In fact, in Mark, it started so early. This is just verse three, chapter 3. And his enemies have piled up already. His enemies washed him closely. 
if he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of walking on the Sabbath. And I remember when I, when we read the book of Matthew, I said, look, I, mean, I love this kind of work. <laughs> the kind of work where you, you barely did anything. What did Jesus, what was Jesus' work? By telling the man to just stretch out his hand, that, that is working. So Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, remember he told them yesterday that man was not made for the Sabbath. Eh? The Sabbath was made for man. Its whole entire purpose was for man to be able to love one another and to love God. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. So here, claiming that you can't do good on the Sabbath. Where, while, while you walk, you walk on the Sabbath. Yes, the priests, they walk on the Sabbath. If there was war on the Sabbath, <laughs> they would have fought. They would fight to defend themselves now, right? <laughs> Jesus asked them, if your donkey or your, or your horse falls into a pit on the Sabbath, you won't bring it out. Ah, you will bring it out. It just makes a simple sense, right? Uh-huh. So the purpose of the Sabbath is not to confine people and restrict them. None of the laws were meant for that, even though eventually that's what people turn them into. Eh? It says if he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of walking on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. Okay, so not in private, in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? Answer now. Answer that it is it's a day to uh, you don't it's a day that it's okay to do evil. And look at what the crowd would have said. Okay, but the, Jesus knew that they always cared what the crowd said. Okay, so he asked, is this a day to save life or, or to destroy it? But they wouldn't, they wouldn't answer him. Yes, they wouldn't answer because of the crowd. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Their hearts were hard. He looked around, deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to them, to the man, hold out, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. Just like that. That's working. <laughs> At once, the Pharisees went away and met, met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. You remember that this account was exactly the same, exactly the same with, with Matthew's, right? Yeah. So let's look at crowds follow Jesus. Verse 7, Jesus went out uh, to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from the east of the Jordan River, and even as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast, vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to, to have a boat ready so the crowd would not would not crush him. He had 
he had healed many people that day so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him and whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight they didn't have to touch him caught sight of him the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him shrieking you are the son of god but jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was in other words shut up as simple as that next jesus chooses the, the 12 disciples afterwards jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him he called the ones he wanted to go with him someone once asked me did jesus not know that jesus uh, judas iscariot was was among the disciples he always knew okay he always knew okay he called out those he, out the ones he wanted to go out with him and they came to him then he appointed 12 of them in other words they were more than 12 he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles exactly the same account as matthews they were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach giving them authority to cast out demons these are these are the 12 the 12 he chose simon whom he named peter james and john the sons of zebedee but jesus nicknamed nicknamed them sons of thunder <laughs> boanerges yes boanerges sons of thunder yes andrew philip bartholomew matthew thomas james son of Aphius, thaddeus simon the zealot and judas iscariot who later who later betrayed him okay so it tells you that Judas wasn't always like that in the beginning. Next, Jesus and the Prince of Demons. One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time. They couldn't find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. Is out of his mind, they said. His family, okay? His main, 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 main family. Mary, at this time, Joseph was already dead, okay? So I guess uh, his other brothers, Simon, James, okay? He says, but, yes, so one of the brothers of Jesus was also Simon. <laughs> but the teachers of religious law, who had arrived from Jerusalem, said, is possessed by Satan is possessed by satan the prince of demon belzebub yes he's possessed by satan uh, that's where he gets the power to cast out demons jesus calls them over and responded with an illustration how can satan cast out satan he asked a kingdom divided by civil war will collapse exactly same account as matthews his kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Did you hear that? A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? 
If Satan fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Okay? So, I'm telling you, Satan will never cast out Satan. Satan will never cast out demons. He might pretend to, okay? But he would never cast out demons. Uh He says, no, no. He's fighting against. He He would never survive. Verse 27, let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Now, big lesson here. It meant, because Jesus sent out his disciples and he sent them out to cast out demons. So it meant that at this time, the disciples had become strong men. Yes, Abby? Jesus said, this is how you are, the only way you are able to plunder Satan's goods. 27 again, let me illustrate this further. Who, who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Who? This is only someone who is even stronger. Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and, and then plunder his goods. Okay? So, Jesus is giving us the secret to deliverance there. You have to bind... <laughs> Bind the one who is uh, who is possessing the one you are trying to deliver to deliver and send it send him out. You've seen that a few times with him, and then you can then plunder his house. Okay, you can, the person can receive their healing, their minds can be restored, or whatever uh, the demon might have done to them. Okay, big lessons. But his disciples at this time, okay, before his death could use the authority in his name and demons okay obeyed them 28 i tell you the truth all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven but anyone who blasphemes the holy spirit will never be forgiven they will never be forgiven this is a sin with eternal consequences only mark puts it this way it was not exactly how how matthew puts it jesus says this is a sin with eternal consequences you don't blaspheme the holy spirit remember i said okay when matthew shared this jesus actually told them that look then the one who will really judge you are your own sons because they too they perform exorcism okay they too casted out demons and jesus was telling so the reason why they could blaspheme the holy spirit was because they used the name of God, the Holy Spirit, to cast out demons. It's just that somebody else was doing it differently and they were jealous of the person and the person was getting more results. Okay, so Jesus knew that they, they recognized the, the Holy Spirit or they recognized the power of God. Out of jealousy, and this was what they were doing, they were willing to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this sin has eternal consequences. Okay? It is not one you can commit uh, that you, you don't know the Holy Spirit or you are not a minister of God. Let me put it as that. Remember when I say ministers, I don't just mean pastors. So all of us are ministers. You can't commit this sin 
without having a relationship, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. So please don't be afraid. Hmm? This sin, uh, this is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. Now let's look at the true family of Jesus. Then Jesus' mother and brother came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Okay, exactly same with Matthew. Jesus replied, Who is my brother? Who is my, uh, who is my mother? Who, is my, who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my, is my mother and sister and brother. Okay? <clears throat> it wasn't that he was denying Mary. Okay? Eventually, he would tell John to take care of Mary. Okay? As he dies on the cross. It wasn't that he was denying his own brother. His own blood his own brothers and sisters okay no he was just saying by reason of what he was going to do on the cross there will be more brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers <laughs> more will come as a result of his action okay very important now let's move on to mark chapter 4 now we see jesus's teachings okay mark didn't focus that much on teaching you would have noticed already right he didn't focus that much on teaching. He went straight. He went straight to you know. He went straight to showing us the the events, the actions, the miracles. No wonder Mark. Okay, he's an evangelist. Okay, very important. Let's go to Mark chapter four, the parable of the farmer scattering scattering seed. At this point, okay, Matthew was already sharing a lot of the teachings of Jesus. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Okay, so just like, just like Matthew, Mark's intention is not to arrange the story oh this is the first story that jesus told this is the second story no he's just sharing these are the parables that jesus told exactly like matthew and such as this one listen a farmer went out to plant some seed some seed as he scattered it across his field some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed, the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. Uh, but the plant soon wilted, wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed uh, fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times 
as much as had been planted. Did you notice that? The seeds were planted, they sprouted, they grew, and then they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Verse 9, then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with, with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. Okay, there were always others. It wasn't just the twelve. The disciples that were with Jesus, you noticed that the women were the first to respond, you know, at his death. When he died on the cross, it wasn't the, the eleven that responded. It was even the women around him, Mary Magdalene, you know, Salome, Mary, okay, uh, uh, the mother of James, and then you have the mother of James and John, okay, they were there. So these women were also always around here. And of course, I'm sure you might want to put in, add the mother, the mother of, uh, the mother-in-law of Peter, and I'm sure Mary, the mother of Jesus too, would have been around them, okay? So this disciples were always there it says they came to jesus alone and and they gathered they were gathered around him and they asked him what the parable the parables meant he replied you are permitted to understand the secret the secret of the kingdom of god but i use parables for everything i say to outsiders so that the secrets might be fulfilled sorry so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will, they, will, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Okay? So, obviously, that was the prophecy by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. So, is it Jesus' intention that the people will not understand? No. For those who were paying attention, we explained this when we read the book of Matthew. If you pay attention and you truly listened, okay? The parables, the stories he's using are stories that everybody in the crowd can understand. Many of them can relate. Many of them are farmers. They can relate. If you were listening and thinking about what Jesus was saying, you would understand, okay? And they would explain um how those who are able to produce something why they are able to okay said um they will not understand otherwise they will turn to me and be forgiven verse 13 then jesus said to them if you can't understand the meaning of this parable how will you understand all the other parables the farmer plants seed by taking god's word to others okay sharing god's word it's like planting seeds. Since the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come and at once and take it away. When you hear the message, Satan comes at once to take it away. The verse 16, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receives it with joy. Immediately they receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, so how do you get deep roots? He would explain. They don't have deep roots. He says they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems 
or are persecuted for believing God's word. When persecution comes because of the word, or our situations come where they really, really have to stand up for the word, you will know that they were really not listening. They were not, they didn't understand what they had. Let me put it like that. It says, persecution persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. All of them hear it all. Uh -huh. They hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the law of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. In other words, when you allow yourself to be distracted by all that things, by the law of wealth and the desires, the desires for other things, okay, you, the word of God would not be productive in your life. You won't be listening. He said, verse 20, and the seed that fell on good, on, on good soil rep represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest, a, a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Notice that very important word. This is those who hear and accept. They accept God's word. They understand the word they are able to produce an harvest. All right, next we see the parable of the lamp. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. When they light a lamp, it is put on top of the table, not under the bed. We were not saved to be sent into hiding or sent to go straight to heaven. No, we were saved to shine the light of God's knowledge, of, God's, of the gospel to the whole world. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 24, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. Hmm? In other words, there's a way to hear. Play, pay close attention to what you hear. Not just how to hear. Pay close attention to what you are hearing. Yes, because it is shaping your life. It says the closer you listen now. <laughs> so you see now that there are different levels of listening, right? <laughs> it says the closer you listening, you listen, the more understanding you will be given. In other words, the reason why those people were not produ productive was that they were not they were hearing, they were not listening. They were not listening closely. Pay close attention to what you hear the closer you listen the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more 25 to those who listen to my teaching more understanding will be given so when it says those who listen to my teaching it means those who pay close attention uh -huh. they pay close attention it says more understanding will be given but for those who are not listening even what little understanding they have 
will be taken away from them. I pray your own understanding will not be taken away. I'm sure that as we are reading together, you are able to understand, okay? God's word is very simple to understand if you are paying close attention. Next, the parable of the growing seed. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he is asleep or awake the seed sprouts and grow, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the head of weeds are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Okay? Simple, that's life. You plant seed, there will be an harvest if you tend to it. Next, the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus said, how can, I, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the, it is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest, the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can, can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. He explained everything to them. Okay? Very important. The mustard seed one, very important. All you need is something as small as a mustard seed. Jesus will use this to describe faith later. If you have faith as small as a, as a mustard seed, you plant it, you're paying attention, listening like we are doing every morning, hmm, you are sure to produce an harvest. Uh, next, let's move to Jesus coming, coming the storm, storm. Verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Okay, Matthew had this same account and I said, If I was the one in the boat, with Jesus that day, I would have actually asked him a question back. Master, I hope <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> How can you be asking us why are we afraid? <laughs> when you can see that we are about to drown. But Jesus was asking them a very, very fundamental question. Why are you afraid? You Do you still have no faith? In other words, why are you afraid when I am here when the presence of God is here with you. Why are you afraid? When you know 
I am in this boat with you. How can this boat capsize? Why are you afraid? Okay, so not recognizing or knowing that the presence of God is there, Jesus equates as a lack of faith, of no faith. Very important. Verse 41, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay? So I think Matthew was the one that that said that, you know, they bowed and worshipped him uh, during, uh, during this moment. Why are you afraid? That's the question I'm asking someone this morning. Why are you afraid? You are a child of God. Why are you afraid that God is not with you? Why are you afraid that you are forsaken when Jesus promised you that I will never leave you? I will never forsake you. Why are you afraid? Be conscious of the presence of God with you this morning. Be conscious that you carry his presence into work today. You carry his presence as you leave the house, as you drive on the road. Be conscious of his presence with you. And as you are conscious, I'm telling you, you will not be afraid. Father, we say thank you for our reading this morning. We ask, Lord, that as we go through today, help us to be conscious of your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.